The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The UFC is across the pond where tomorrow UFC 286 goes down inside the O2 in London and Leon Edwards gets his shining moment in the main event spot as the world champion. He will defend the welterweight title against the man that he shockingly knocked out on the brink of defeat seven months ago in Kamaru Usman. The trilogy fight is upon us and the stakes could not be higher for both guys as we welcome you to the UFC 286 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you all, and a happy UFC 286 Eve. I am Mike Heck, joined this week by my best friend coming off the bench, and I love it, Alexander K. Lee, and also fresh off his trip to beautiful, luxurious, tropical Winnipeg, right, AK? Oh, glorious, glorious, beautiful Winnipeg. Shoutouts to all my Winnipeggers out there. I love you very much. And Mike, I have to quickly apologize to America. Uh, I did the weigh-in show this morning. Casey was there, and we promised people would be getting some Shaheen Al-Shadi action. Uh, I am just stepping in for Shaheen. Shaheen is fine. You know, we're just, it's just a reshuffling of duties over here at MMAfighting.com. We play it fast and loose like jazz. So uh, you're getting me instead of Shaheen. I, I, I do apologize to everyone, all the Shaheen fans out there, but I will do my best to uh, to carry on for, for the man himself. And we appreciate that. And also joining the fray, Mr. No Gray Area himself, fresh off of his BTL victory yesterday, Jed Mishu. Hello, Jed. Hi. And echoing what, what the great A.K. Lee said, shout out to all the peggers out there. Love the peggers. Yes. Gentlemen, by this time tomorrow, as we stream, UFC 286 will already be underway. So, AK, let's start with this. 
It would be impossible for the hype and expectation for this card to match UFC 285 and the return of John Jones. It's just not, it's not even a fair thing to try to compare the two. But this one feels like it's been a bit of a slow burn. We've had some twists and turns along the way. We even had a surprise appearance at weigh-ins from Colby Covington this morning that nobody saw coming. But how you don't? I mean, you can give a gymnastics score if you want. But how would you gauge your anticipation levels for UFC 286 less than 24 hours away from this event kicking off? I'll give a quick gymnastics scale. Listen, it's not the deepest card if we're going from top to bottom. I think the main card, fantastic. Uh, but this is, look, this, this is uh, how you book a pay-per-view overseas. This is how you book a pay-per-view uh, in London for a UK crowd. You've got some newcomers. You've got some uh, veterans. Uh, so it's nice. It's, it's a nice-looking card. Like, I'll give it like a 9.1, 9.2. Uh, I mean, Gate, honestly, Gates Chief Fazeev being on the card should like elevate it to a 10 automatically, but I'm, I'm trying to maintain some sort of objectivity here. So I'll say 9.1, 9.2 if, if everything goes right. Um, because, yeah, it's – it's not the deepest. You know, if someone settles down at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time or what is it, 10, uh, 10 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., how do time zones work? 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, you know, they might not be like, they might not recognize a lot of the names and faces that are, that are popping up before before we get to the pay-per-view. But uh, that doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean they can't be great fights. Of course, people always say, you know, it's the guards you don't talk about, it's the fights you don't talk about that always deliver. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of talent. But I think a lot of people are just sort of glancing at the card might you know might be scratching their head to some of these names but uh it's a chance for a lot of people to prove themselves so i'll, I'll go 9.1 9.2 on the gymnastics scale and for me my level of anticipation is pretty high again i'm probably focusing just on the main card um but yeah when you've got a banger like that in the co-main i i think there's a, a lot of contender stakes I'm, I'm really intrigued by the main card opener if it's victorian delete say and uh man who doesn't love a good trilogy fight so uh, I'm kind of up in the air. I know we're going to talk about uh, our predictions, our official predictions soon. Uh, but just the fact that it's still kind of pinging around in my head uh, who might win and uh, is, you know, that's, that to me is a sign of a great main event. And that London crowd is going to be just absolute fire throughout the night. And uh, so, again, I say 9.1, 9.2. If you're there live, I mean, for you, it's probably, for those fans, it's probably a 10.0, right? I mean, it's probably to be off the charts. Yeah, they're on fire. They're on fire at the ceremonials that just wrapped up. Jed, where are you at? 24 hours away? Are you uh, are you fired up for UFC 286? Not really. I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh, I gave it a score of a B minus yesterday, and I stick with it. You know, an, an eight, 8.2, 8.3, so, somewhere in that range feels right. The main event is super intriguing. Um, I'm not excited about it. I am interested in it if that if that distinction is is understandable like the first fight wasn't all that fun but it was compelling and i expect we're getting the same thing here one way or another co-main event couldn't be more excited for anything like if if this was just the main card uh and so it's it's a it's a short burn with those two topping it this is great but you know uh, as AK said, uh, this may not be the best card, but what it lacks in quality, boy, howdy, is it bringing quantity just up the wazoo. 15 fights coming at us tomorrow. That's a <laughs> lot of fist fights. Um, and I'll be like, I, I understand why every individual one of them is on this card. You just don't need all of them. Um, and I think many of them will at least be some level of of interesting or good but it's it this is main card what you are paying for you're getting your money's worth but the 10 fights that come before that uh 
have me a little down or a little a little suppressed on my overall value of the card. And let's just be honest, two pay-per-views in the span of two, three weeks is a lot. So it's I, I already got to highs for 285. I was I was elevated and it's you can't just keep going back to the high. You need some time to clear the palette, refresh, and with only one week in between and that week having what was a very compelling main event it's it's tough to get back to to those a plus card levels ak so many interesting questions surrounding this main event because we have kamara who's been doing something he hasn't done in a long time he's coming into a fight off of a loss and he's doing something he's never done before entering the cage after getting brutally knocked out leon edwards has gone from sort of the overlooked undervalued man in this division to a guy that seems to have everything on his side right now, the momentum, he's got the whole mad advantage on the heels of maybe the single greatest moment in UFC history and so much more. But with so many questions on both sides, what are some of the burning questions you have with this fight? It's for all the marbles, it's probably the last time these two guys are going to fight. What's on your mind here when it comes to breaking this main event down and the burning questions you have? Yeah, I, I hate to like just go right to the intangibles because listen, there, there's there are people that are much better and much smarter about you know breaking down the technical aspects of a fight than I am. Um, but I, I I have to keep looking at like like that one big thing you mentioned uh, coming off the, uh, a knockout loss for Kamaru. Now I'm I'm always a believer that guys like this come back stronger. Uh, you know, I would point to say like. GSP's loss to, to Matt Serra, you know, that, that weird fluky loss, except, except that they're at very different stages of their careers, you know, where they were. That, that for GSP, that happened before his epic uh, welterweight championship run start, really started in earnest. That was like his first title defense, and he just, he just biffed it. For Kamaru, we were in the middle, or we were, I, 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 well, could be in the middle. Could be the end, depending how Saturday's fight goes. But it feels like we were in the middle of this, you know, this welterweight championship streak. He, he would have to get past Leon, tack on two or three more before he really started getting into that, oh, yeah, he's surpassed like GSP talk. Um, so, yeah, so now we have the question of, like most great champions, does does he rebound from this loss stronger than ever? Again, he's at a different stage. He's he, This was later in his championship run. He's older. He's he's 35. He'll turn 36 in a couple of months. Uh, and old in fight years as well. I mean, this guy's been doing this for a while. I, I know... Um, it's it's what's well, been it's been a decade now. It's been a hard decade fighting at the highest level, preparing for almost nothing but championship fights for the past like four or five years. So you know it's it's a cliche. Is there is there that eye of the tiger? Is there still that hunger? Is that that hunger to improve and bounce back? I, I would certainly guess so. I mean, just to having to just just to having to overcome that talk of oh you know you 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 lost in that last second you you know. Uh, it, it was your you gave the fight away you made this big mistake you know and now and now can are you actually able to get this back are you the better fighter are you the guy you showed in your first fight are you the guy that showed up in three three of the five rounds of the first fight really and most of the most of the fifth round you know is that is that the real Kamaru or is there is there the changing of the guard and then that's where you kind of go towards the the intangibles on the Leon side where is is this newfound confidence I mean he's always been a confident guy but now you have this invincibility of I've, I I'm I overcame this this hurdle this uh, you know people say I couldn't win the big I couldn't get the big one much less win the big one people can again heal and knock the performance all they want so he was on he said so he was on his way to losing a decision that's fine at the end of the day he landed that shot he had that comeback not everyone has that ability to reach down you know people you know the, to respond to their coach in that way we've seen dozens upon dozens upon dozens of fights where the coach will go to the the fighter in the last you know ahead of the last round you need that finish you got it don't give up you know be, you know you got to be a killer 
And a lot of fighters just don't have the ability to find that. Leon Edwards somehow did. Uh, and, and, you know, this is why he's the champion now. So for me, it's, yeah, it's the question of, it, it, is Kamaru uh, going to be a better version than we've ever seen coming off his first loss in a, in a long time? And if so, I mean, then Leon Edwards has no chance. At the same time, if this, if this is really, if that the head kick really was a passing of the guard, if Leon Edwards is, you know, he, he, he takes that win and says, okay, well, I mean, there's no doubts at all now that I am the number one welterweight in the world i am a top five pound for pound fighter in the world he's been saying all the right things uh now we got to see if he can really really perform like that as as the favorite because it's 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 like i said it's possible kamaru usman beats him we sort of just returned to the conversation we were having before about kamaru's greatness and you know leon, the leon edwards head kick goes down as this very very memorable blip in kamaru's run or that was legitimately the end of kamaru's run and the leon edwards uh you know championship run is just beginning so yeah, a lot of intangibles for me, but um, that's uh, that to me is what makes it more intriguing than just saying, oh, which guy's a better wrestler, better striker, and all that. Chad, it's always tough having you on after we did BTL because we've answered a lot of these questions already. But I mean, is there anything burning that that you sort of left on the table yesterday because of time constraints? Is it uh, anything with the athleticism? I know how highly you gauge athleticism in this sport, how it's a cheat code. Maybe I think it's pretty fair to say that Kamara's athleticism. He's turned the corner in the wrong direction. He's getting older. He's talked about his knees being kind of shot, but he still was winning fights and father time is undefeated. So anything else that's kind of left on the table he didn't get to say yesterday? I don't really remember what I said yesterday. Um, I felt like I mostly said whatever I'd thought. Uh, I, I don't think athleticism is like a huge factor in this fight. Um, not, Kamaru Usman is certainly athletic, uh, but that's not like – the basis point on which he's won fights historically and it's not the reason he lost this past rematch like i this fight feels very the the interesting parts of this fight are in the unknowns because this fight seems very well known we they they just fought 24 minutes and all indications seem to be that the same fight will will unfold the question the the thing i am interested to find out on saturday is is that true well uh, leon edwards talked about how the altitude he he couldn't really compete as well his mind was saying things his body wasn't following through is that true we'll find out uh is he going to come in with a different game plan is he going to be more aggressive his his coaches the whole fight long were basically pleading with him to stop backing the f up to the cage and he sure just kept backing the f up to the cage so will he not do that this time around or is that just the structures of how this fight plays out i I would venture to say that it is that the ancillary circumstances aren't really the the big factors at play here and that this we know how the texture of this fight should look but let's find out like that's I don't think Usman's going to come in differently cuz he got knocked out but maybe he does like I don't think Leon Edwards is going to suddenly become this berserker because that's never who he's been but maybe he does it's like it's I think there's a very high likelihood that Saturday evening we're all just like, yep, that was exactly what we should have anticipated. Like we we've seen these guys fight for 40 some odd minutes and it's looked the same for all of it. But for that part in the first round where Leon scored a takedown, took, took Mount, took back control, which was great. And then the one head kick in, in the fifth. So I think it's probably going to play out that way, but 
there are the questions and I would like to see those questions answered. AK, the stakes are really high here for both guys because Usman sort of has cemented his legacy as the second best welterweight of all time in a lot of people's eyes. He's never lost two in a row, but with this division being in the place that it's in right now, could be a tough time getting back if he loses two straight to Leon Edwards. And if he wins, there isn't a ton for him, especially at 170. Maybe Bilal Muhammad, maybe Hamzat Shemaev. He's kind of back and forth about what he wants to do. Maybe Usman tries to move up. Who the hell knows at this point? And then for Leon, I mean, it took him freaking forever to get to a title shot. He gets his hometown main event moment as a champion. A win makes things real interesting, opens things up to a lot of different opportunities to get some big names that he hasn't fought before. But a loss could really sting here considering the road he has had to travel. So what are your thoughts on the stake for this fight as the landscaper said, you know what? Mike's got to be doing a preview show right now. So let's let's go ahead and blow some grass and leaves all over the friggin' place. <laughs> uh listen yeah there's, there's more on the line for if we're asking who's there's more on the line for for it's got to be leon it's got to be leon kamaru listen if, if if he lost on saturday and retires like we said he goes down as the, the second best welterweight of all time uh you know a great ufc championship run you, you know at, at was was the pound for at least in our rankings i think the ufc at least for a while was the pound for pound number one for a stretch there that's really all you can ask for in combat sports, I mean, is it, just to have that peak, you know, to have that peak that is memorable, that is undeniable. Uh, and again, I, I think for almost undeniably, people can always debate it. It's pound for pound. He was the best fighter in the world. Um, will he be able to regain that? I don't know. It, it's it's the other thing about MMA is it's really hard to peak multiple times. Um, you have some guys who hang around forever and find ways, you know, like the Donald Cowboy Cerrone's who, who kind of are able to navigate these peaks and valleys and, um, but for guys who've reached the very, 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 very top, uh, you know, once once they kind of meet this opponent, let's say again, he does lose to Leon. Once they meet this opponent again, it just it just might mean the end. And yeah, he can change divisions. Maybe there's interesting fights at 185. Again, I'm not super pumped for it. I'm not sure how much heat there is around that. I could be wrong. The fans could be clamoring. I should have made that the poll. Um, fans could be clamoring to see Kamaro at 185. But again, it, you're so clearly seeing the best version of him at 170. It's like I don't know what the what the even back in the day again to bring up GSP again when he moved up to middleweight I wasn't like oh finally like GSP moving up to middleweight like no the only reason we wanted that was to see him fight Anderson Silva um, it was cool to see him win a second title was, that fight was super memorable I'm glad it happened but like I remember at the time it wasn't like man I hope when GSP comes back is to answer those unanswered questions of what he could have been at 185 pounds and and I don't know if they're those questions for Kamara either so. But the point is, I don't think there's a lot he needs to answer. You know, he's just accomplished so much already. Leon, I, I worry, and I, I hate to bring it up again, but if he loses, let's say he loses a convincing decision, like some 50-45s, 49-46s, or Usman finishes him, are people going to look at that head kick as a fluke? Because it wasn't. It was not a fluke. It was not a fluke. It, it was a, you can call it a desperation shot. You can call it, again, a... a, a uh, it, you know, it, it, that it doesn't tell the whole story of the fight. That's fine. It doesn't. Kamaru won most of the first fight, but listen, fights are 25 minutes long. So I hope that Leon, if he loses, uh, gets his flowers. But I do think there's more pressure on him that um, if if, he, if it's a convincing win for Kamaru, that people are going to really gloss over what Leon did and his run, that he the work he put in to even get that title shot. Um, so for me, there's more on the line for Leon uh, because he's got a this this should be the start the start for him. You know, beating beating that the, the torch should be passed. But um, it's definitely not going to be easy. And Kamara was not passing it over willingly by any means. Do you agree with that, Jed, that there's more pressure on Leon here? Or, you know, what, what do you think about the pressure, the stakes here? And 
do you feel like this rivalry doesn't get enough credit because of the moments and because of where they're at right now? Now they're headlining this card. I feel like these may these might not be like the two biggest stars to be part of a trilogy, but perhaps this 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 rivalry and and these three fights, especially between what has happened to August heading into tomorrow, I feel like maybe it doesn't get enough love compared to some of the others. Um, as far as the pressure, I'll answer the rivalry question in a second. Uh, I'm not sure. I, the answer probably is Leon, just because this is in front of the London crowd. But I think they're under a very similar amounts of pressure, and it's kind of both guys are with house money, sort of at this point. I talked about it yesterday. Look, both guys want to win, and a loss will be pretty devastating to them professionally because that's how this game works. But Usman's legacy is set. He's the second greatest welterweight of all time. And by losing to Leon, his legacy is also probably set in that it's unlikely he gets to surpass GSP, right? Like GS and, and it's not entirely fair, but GSP had his loss at the beginning of his run, not in what would functionally be the middle. I talked about it yesterday. I doubt Usman is going to hang around. Not that there are not challenges for him at welterweight because there are, I, I've said this a million times, there are always challenges for you. It's just whether you as the champion deem people worthy to fight you. Usman, at one point in time, had fought a lot of the top five in the division, but time moves on, and that's not the case anymore. He His three title defense, or five title defenses, were against Masvidal twice, Covington twice, and then Gilbert Burns. That's three dudes. Shavkat's there, Hamzat's there, uh, Bilal Muhammad's there. There are plenty of dudes coming up. He could stay and fight, but I don't think he's going to do it. So in that regard, maybe Leon's more like needs it more. But as I said yesterday, like Leon's kind of golden now that that one kick, like he would love to stack on top of it, certainly. But forevermore, he gets to call himself an undisputed UFC champion cannot be taken away from you. He will go into the Hall of Fame either on uh, on personal merit of his career or that that fight and head kick will get him in there one way or another. And He's now he doesn't have to do Leon Edwards things anymore to get back to a title fight. If he loses tomorrow, he is still a former champion, which is more than anybody else in the weight class can say. And so he won't have to put together a six fight win streak to get another title shot. So I think both of them to some extent are playing with house money. So there's pressure because it's better to win than to lose always. But I think that they're kind of a, a loss doesn't kill either dude in my opinion. Uh, as for the second part, what was the second part of your question? Where does this trilogy rank? Does it get enough? Oh, uh, yeah, trilogy. Love? We wrote about this uh, this week uh, in, a, in a primer roundtable. This trilogy is – we can't answer the question until this fight is done because realistically we rank trilogies after the trilogy is done to have a, like, a real sense of whether what it means and how it matters to us. Uh, this is fine. It, it doesn't deserve more love than it's getting. The first fight was not fun and it was a lifetime ago. So it's just, it, it's just how it goes. Like there are honestly, most trilogies in the U in UFC history aren't as good as we think about them. Like there is a compelling fight in there. And then usually at least one of the other two is not that interesting. So this, this just happened to have its boring one up front. Like, there's every possibility this is Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard, right? Where the first fight no one really cared about, and then they had two classics. So if they come out here and they put on a fight of the year, then this 
rivalry trilogy will move up to the higher ranks of that. But if this is Usman Usmaning all over Leon for 25 minutes, then people are going to write it off and be like, well, that was a trilogy that happened, but it's not it's not Randy Chuck or whatever because it's sort of just how it goes with these things. It's tough to have three compelling fights against the same person. It's just it almost never happens. AK, Colby Covington is in London. Wade in is the back. Oh, is he now? Yeah, he's there. He's been completely silent for a year now. And there he was. I thought he had brain damage. I thought he was suing Jorge Masvidal over brain damage. (laughs) Hey, He must have dropped that case because let me tell you, you don't get to move forward with a case for brain damage if you're signing up to fight some dude in a cage. Well, be that as it may, he was on the scale this morning. John Anik introduced him. He comes walking out was in the box of redemption, and he hit the mark at 170 pounds. Speculation ran wild, AK. What does this mean? Is he now next in line? Twitter went bananas. So what does this mean in your mind, having Colby as the backup over Bilal Muhammad, who certainly has the resume to have earned that spot? Is this just some extra sizzle on the proverbial steak, try to get a little extra buzz for the card? How do you define this? What does this all mean? I mean, listen, he was always, it, it sucks to say, he was always ahead of like Bilal Muhammad and other guys at welterweight. He he has a certain name. He has a certain cachet. He has a history with Kamar Usman. He even has a little bit of history with Leon. I mean, they haven't they haven't fought each other yet, but I mean, Colby has been running down Leon verbally for quite a long time. And Leon's fired back. So it's, it's actually like, listen, I don't like Colby Covington, but it's a really smart backup choice. Like, I re- of course we don't we hope nothing happens to either Leon or Kamara and that this just goes as scheduled. But like if Saturday afternoon they had to pivot to Colby and Usman three or Colby and Leon, it's a pretty like good quick sell. Um, your your, your pay per view is probably definitely going to take a hit, but it's a pretty good quick sell because you have all these clips of of things Colby has said and things that Leon has said about Colby. And I'm sure the video team. I don't know if they have it ready. It wouldn't be surprised me if they did because the UFC video team is pretty damn solid. Um, so I imagine they have this stuff in the can again should colby have to step in um yeah i I don't know how much it means as far as like were they just trying to stir because if they were trying to stir up a buzz uh why why not just announce ahead of time that colby you know was going to be their placement i know that's something that ufc's kind of sketch with like sometimes they'll tell you a month in advance or a fighter will say in an interview that uh, you know they're going to be their replacement and we're able to confirm it um sometimes it happens during the week and sometimes they just don't mention it at all and then people are just surprised uh i i think even when um when uh, uh alexander who oh sorry excuse me sergey sergey pavlovich was was a replacement for the um gone jones fight and that was known uh people were still surprised people were still surprised so the ufc for whatever reason doesn't make a big deal about these things um they didn't uh, apparently this was very intentionally kept under wraps i know i know our, our guy Hawani was sort of tweeting that um this was this was kept on the down low. It sounds like maybe Usman and Edwards knew, and we're kind of just being cheeky about it when uh, when the possibility of it came up earlier this week. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I would assume that maybe their managers knew uh, and that they knew and just just didn't want to say. It's 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 weird. It's a weird thing I would say for them to like agree to cover up. Like if I'm a fighter and the company asks me, hey, don't mention that you might be fighting this replacement. I just be like, screw you. Like I have other things to worry about. If I'm asked about it, I'm just going to say yes. This is what's happening and move on. So uh, very very strange situation in that regard. But it does sound like you know this wasn't like a last minute thing. Um, some people knew, but uh, yeah. Uh, as far as if the fight goes off as, as scheduled, what, what's going? I hope Colby does not slot in to face Leon. 
but let's be real. There's a very distinct possibility that happens. If it's Kamaru, no, he's not gonna. They're not gonna book him and Kamaru a third time right away. I don't see that happening. But uh, Leon, uh, his next challenger may already be in the building, um, like it or not. What did you think, Jed? Like, I'm, I'm sure both guys knew for a while. Remember, remember the build? We, we announced the fight. We, we, we think the fight's going to happen on this day. And then Usman would show up and do interviews. He had a cast on his hand. So maybe cast a little bit of doubt. So maybe Colby was just kind of on the hook anyways, in case something happened with Kamaru. But I'm sure both guys have known for a while. I'm sure this isn't something that's, that was booked like a week ago. Uh, but they did a damn good job keeping this a secret and in a space where you can't really keep anything a secret. So... What did you think when Colby stepped on the scale this morning? Did you think anything of it? It's fucking shameful. Like, that's just it. Like, AK can be a, a very polite and, and positive person. It's fucking shameful, man. Like, Colby Covington has one win over a currently ranked UFC welterweight. It's Jorge Masvidal, who they have, I think, at number 11. Jorge Masvidal himself has no wins over currently ranked welterweights. There is zero reason that that man deserves a title fight right now he he simply does not Bilal Muhammad God love him should have been in this position or hell Shavkat would have been fine too like it is there is no excuse for them to continue to roll Colby he's not a star what is he is he building pay-per-views no, he's just a guy who's lost to Usman twice. Like, I don't understand it. Make this man fight somebody real to earn a title fight. If he fights Hamzat or he fights Shavkat, no questions asked. He can be back in the conversation. But Bilal Muhammad, if I'm Bilal Muhammad, like, I take this as a personal offense. I'm like, no bullshit. I'd be like, cool. I know that you guys hate me. And you can all go to hell. I'm going to fight on my contract and I'm leaving. I'm going to go to PFL. I'm going to make a million dollars every year because this is fucking nonsense that Colby Covington, you know how it's nonsense because they kept it a secret because they are ashamed themselves of doing this garbage. Like it is, it, it was ridiculous when I saw that this morning, that man hasn't spoken for six months or a year, however the hell long it's been. Yeah. After yeah, after the Hori Masvidal thing, what is the reason for this? There is none that I will accept that is good. Absolute nonsense. Well, perhaps we'll get some answers. From what I from what I understand, uh, there is a media scrum going on right now. Uh, with members of the media, including our own Jose Youngs, with UFC President Dana White. And I'm sure that question is going to be asked. Uh, so we'll see what kind of response we get there. So back Certain to the fight. No answer, as a- too. <laughs> just, the the problem just, with this is this now gives him a, a, a veneer, a patina of viability. It's like, okay, the the assumption when a fighter weighs in as a backup is that they're the next dude in line. Volkanovski got to be the next dude in line at lightweight. Like it is, he's the next dude in line. If Usman wins, fuck that. Who gives a shit about that fight? Also, I'm not even sure Usman will fight him. And if Leon wins, why make this man beat somebody this freaking decade? Who matters? I'm glad, I'm glad you're not looking at the comments, uh, Jed, because we've got some real brain surgeons in here. I'll be honest with you. We, uh, we, have, we have some very smart people agreeing with you, I will say. 
Like, well that's done, fine. People. You if if you no, it's not fine. No, 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 it's not, it's not fine. It's not fine. A lot of people are. If you're a Colby Covington fan, dumb. that's fine. Like I'm not <laughs> here to tell you he's a bad fighter. He's not. He's very good. But it's so there should be some. I know this isn't a sport. This is a clown show. There has to be some level of meritocracy, some tiny nugget of it in the sport. Or what in God's name are we doing? His one win is Ori Masvidal. Masvidal hasn't beaten a ranked fighter. It's insane. Well, perhaps Colby will will see the winner of this fight. And as this fight currently stands, Kamara Usman is the minus two forty favorite. Closes a minus three eighty for their first meeting at UFC two seventy eight. The comeback on the champion Leon Edwards plus two hundred, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. AK, will the magical rise of Leon Edwards continue? Send the home crowd home happy. Hogan must pose, or will Kamara Usman send the capacity crowd home? disappointed and sad do i I actually have to make a pick for this fight must i must i it's it's a tough one they're pretty evenly matched i mean you mentioned the odds the odds are like i pretty disrespectful to the champ but again if you actually watched the second fight it's very easy to see how kamaru will win because he was winning the majority of their rematch of their of their first championship bout right i mean this this is the narrative this is what makes the head kick so powerful and so important it's not that leon edwards capped off like a super strong performance with that head kick it's what we all said it's man if he hadn't land that head kick we're not even talking about leon, leon edwards right now is probably fighting brian barberina instead uh on the on the on the undercard you know what i mean like that's Maybe not, maybe not that far back in the rankings, but you get you get what I'm saying. That that what makes the kick so important is that Kamar Usman clearly, clearly, up to that point, looked like the better fighter. He looked like, as you said, the almost four to one favorite. So for him to be a two to one favorite now or over a two to one favorite, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and skill for skill, I mean, again, I, it just feels like we know Kamaru can beat Leon because he did before in a three-round fight long, long, long time ago. I mean, I think at this point, people are kind of discounting the first fight, and that's fine. It, it was many, like seven years ago now. They're very different people. But again, we saw some shades Seven of that. years isn't that long ago. It's the last time Rory <laughs> Mosvidal won fight that mattered. So... What was Colby Covington doing, doing during that time? That's what I want to know. Um, but I, I, I am leaning towards Leon. I am leaning towards Leon. Again, I, I just... I do feel like the the uh, pass was uh, the the pass the torch was unofficially passed in that last fight. I'm I'm buying into and yes, this is such a classic you know fighter excuse making. I'm buying into Leon was affected more by the altitude in Utah than Kamara was, even though both guys should have been affected. It affected Leon more. Uh, listen, he's coming from another country. It's you know it's just, it's just, it's a little it's just a little it's these little little differences in, in MMA that make the difference. So, but even if you don't care about that. He won the first round. We know he has the ability to take a round from Usman. Uh, and that, that to me is meaningful. That to me is meaningful. Usman can say all he wants that, uh, oh, well, that first fight, I made a mistake. There's no way this guy in hell should be able to take me down. Well, he did. Uh, same with the last round. I made a mistake. I got, I got kicked in the head. Uh, you know, that should never happen. Well, well, you did. You got taken down. You lost first round. You got kicked in the head in the last round. You lost. Um, home, home field advantage, I also believe, is a thing. I think Leon will be bolstered by getting to fight at home. I think there's all kinds of benefits uh, – to him to to be able to fight in london uh so it's it's close man like i feel zero i feel almost zero confidence about this i still have to i, I will tell people i'm still writing my predictions post that will be up by the time you know people listen to this tomorrow uh on, on the podcast network if you listen to it before the show 
And, and I'm pretty sure I'm sticking with Leon. But listen, if by, if by that thing goes out and you see me picking Usman, don't be surprised. It's a really great matchup. It's a good trilogy. Uh, like Jed kind of said, how how entertaining will this third fight be? How are we going to remember remember this trilogy from like a pure action standpoint? I don't know. But from a drama standpoint, Stormland standpoint, pretty strong. And I think Leon Edwards uh, caps off this series and gets to move on. Though maybe this is just uh, just the optimist in me. That is hoping that we get to see kind of a, a new championship run and, and uh, a fresh run of challengers. Jed, where are we at? Maybe the betting odds send you into one place with your with your betting dollars, but your pick may be in a different direction. So are they both the same? Are they different? Where are we at here? AK, fun fact for you since you asked. Uh, a week before the last time Usman <laughs> and Leon Edwards fought, Colby Covington was getting choked out by Warley Alves. That happened <laughs> one week before. And it, so, and you know and that's proof that it doesn't matter. We should ignore that. That was so long ago, Jed. Yeah. We shouldn't have. You know, we this, shouldn't even bring it up. Yeah, but you know, now now we're here. Uh, yeah, I kind of echo a lot of what AK said. I thought, sort of reflexively, thinking about this fight months ago, when we, or you know, frankly, right after when we knew we were going to get it, I was just going to pick Leon um, because historically, the guy who has won the second fight in a trilogy, overwhelmingly likely to win the third. Uh, similar statistics for fighters who have uh, – for challengers who have won the belt and immediate rematches, I think that number is 11-3 and three for them to go on and defend the belt again. And, I mean, if you just look over the balance of, of MMA history, certainly the UFC's history, if you have a long-reigning champion, which there haven't been that many of them, but whenever they have been around for a while and reigned for a while and lost – they almost never get it back. Uh, we've had a couple of notable exem- uh, exemptions to that rule. Amanda Nunes, obviously, last year reclaimed her title. And so there's a world where this happens, but it's uh, it's rare. So the question is, is Kamaru Usman the outlier? And I think I'm going to pick Kamaru Usman just because the realities of the matchup, I don't have any faith and confidence in Leon Edwards to do the good thing uh, because he spent so much of the rematch doing the bad thing uh, until he didn't. But it's, that's why this is a compelling matchup, you know, like it's, this fight is almost certainly going to be boring as hell, but it's either going to be boring as hell and we feel satisfied with the winner or it's going to be boring as hell. And there's going to be one big moment of violence that makes it cool. A la the last fight. So I am compelled and interested in it. I think I'm going to take Usman, but I still don't feel – if I'm betting, I'm betting Leon Edwards, but I I don't feel confident either way at this point. Yeah, there's a lot that you both said that, that made a lot of sense and probably for a month plus on heck of morning or any time I was asked about this, it was Kamara Usman. My pick was Kamara Usman to win by decision and – Momentum is a son of a gun in this sport. And as I said earlier, it seems like all of the intangibles, all of the storyline kind of angles in this fight, all of them point positively towards Leon Edwards. The two fights have been pretty much all Usman outside of the first round at UFC 278 and the kick Edwards landed to win the belt at the end. Although prior to that kick landing, Edwards was picking it up a little bit, started to have a little bit more success in the feet as he was getting confident, but it was almost too little too late brink of defeat, lands the kick. And as Jed said, history in these types of scenarios, that is also on Leon Edwards' side. I think the best Kamara Usman beats the best version of Leon Edwards. 
but I think we've moved past the best Kamar Usman. And my biggest question is by how much, and I've been on Usman from the beginning. And as of this moment, I'm choosing to side with momentum, trajectory, and history. So Leon Edwards wins. I think he gets Usman out of there again. I think he's trailing when he does it. He's going to do it in round four. I'm going with a club and sub submission in round four. (laughs) I mean, look, I I just go all over the place. I take us on these journeys and I end up with weird things. But I think Leon will catch him with something pounce on him something opens up he pounces on it gets a sub and uh wouldn't be shocked if Usman wins I just cannot at this point ignore everything favoring Leon Edwards right now so I'm going with that because I do think we're going to see the best Leon Edwards in this fight it's just a matter of how far removed are we from the best Kamara Usman that's probably the biggest question I have right now so I am compelled by the results I can't wait for the result to happen so we can kind of figure out where this division goes the poll is close Mike I ended the poll. It is is razor thin. Edwards, uh, at respect to the champ, Edwards, 54%. Usman, 46%. So, wow. It's pretty pretty close, man. I'm surprised. It's pretty close. I, that is very surprising. Look, it's reductive. This, this fight, whoever was moving forward is winning this fight. It's very, very simple, but it's like, it's entirely true. Usman got knocked out when he stopped pressuring forward. It's it's exactly that. So if, if Edwards can, push him back he's gonna win the fire i just we haven't seen him do it so i can't so you, you you're surprised shoot. that people that people that uh edwards won i am sh- i am shocked that edwards uh, won but it's the close. Poll. i it's thought close. for sure usman would be winning the poll yeah it's very close yeah i think the numbers were kind of where i thought they would be but i thought Usman would be ahead but the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Co-main event, AK. I mean, what can we say? It's Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fazeev. Go ahead and have at it. Give this fight the the justice, the greatness that it already has, but butter it up even more because it deserves it. This is this was a a ought no listener, Mike. I feel like since we started doing on to the next one, I don't know you know how many episodes we're in now, but we've been doing it for a long time. I almost feel like since episode one. Like Fazeev Gaethje has been there. It's been mentioned so many times. Like it's one of those. It's been mentioned so many times uh, that if I didn't still want it so badly, I would have thought like it already happened. Just because it, it just it seemed like they were it just were on a collision course, stylistically on a collision course, you know. And we just need to see Fazeev pick up some quality wins, get it, get move up in the rankings, and boom, 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 boom. The man is taking care of business. He's insanely. Ex- Both guys are insanely exciting. I'm just looking at their bonus resumes now. Gaethje's what? Ten bonuses in nine fights. Uh, Fazeev is five bonuses in his past five fights. So he's on he's on a bonus streak. Uh, yeah, and bar- barring any weirdness, this is this is obviously the front runner for fight of the night. If it gets whoever gets a finish, very likely could get the get the finish of the night. Uh, a performance bonus, I should say. I love this matchup so much, man. It's it, this is this is. This is the kind of advantages the UFC has over other promotions. You know, what I mean, other promotions can give you can give you like one of these fights, uh, you know, maybe a couple of times a year. These kind of like dream, these must-have, just super banger fights. For the UFC, this is again a, a co-main on on a, on one of thirteen peer views. I'm sure two months from now, I'm, I, I can't, you know, my mind is useless at this point. I'm sure there's some other banger I'm forgetting that's already booked two months from now, and we'll be talking about that one. So this this kind of fight just shows like the depth of. As Jed and 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 many others are are uh, frequent to remind us, the deepest, possibly best division in all of MMA historically lightweight, uh, and this is how good it is. It, are there contender implications? Yeah, maybe maybe a guy you know who guy gets an impressive win gets a title shot, sure. But I don't even know if that really matters. Uh, not, not not to us anyway. I'm sure both guys will angle for it after if uh, whoever wins. But man, uh, you're just getting a guaranteed barn burner. Uh, two of the toughest toughest guys uh in in again the toughest division it's really exciting it's really exciting and and, and i i wouldn't be surprised i don't know if people do this these days but if you were buying this peer-review just for this fight <laughs> and you said oh the main event's great i'm really buying it for this this co-main event i think you'd be completely justified like it's that it's that compelling that is the sound of my garage door closing because my kid wants to ride his bike outside so just all <laughs> the noises that we have to battle through okay there we go uh, Jed, you said we talked about something on BTL yesterday that I wanted to follow up with you on because one of the questions we had is if you were the commissioner of the lightweight division, you said that Gaethje winning would be the best outcome for business. And it's really difficult to argue that. But now I'm going to have you step out of that role as a fan and, ad, and as an admirer of the Cadillac division, 155 pounds, the best division in the sport. Does that person view it the same way? Because if Rafael Fazeev wins this fight, it doesn't fix everything, but it does create a little bit of freshness. Maybe some of the other up-and-comers will get their chance. Like if Justin Gage is going to stick around and keep fighting, yeah, he might fight the Max Holloways of the world or somebody like that, maybe a Mazadal, something like that. But is that? But if Aziv wins, it, does it create any kind of an opening for some of these other top five names to fight some of these up-and-comers? 
because now you know we have a proof of concept here. We tried it with Matush Gamron, Benil Dariush. Dariush kind of shut that down, moved up a spot. But if Fazeev goes out there and takes care of business, is this a is this a good thing for the lightweight division? Does this help solve the problem that we've had with this division for the last eighteen months in some way? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the UFC's rankings right now. I mean, it, it will be bad because it will be some upward movement, which is what we need. But the reality is that's just going to get solved over time. It takes longer than it should because of the structures of lightweight and how deep it is and how uh, the top of that division is really interested in not leaving the top of that division. So they've just been round robining. So it'll create a little bit of a fissure there, and which will help. But that'll also come over time. And I'm not sure how big it is difference it is looking at the rankings i just realized if fazeev wins this could be ranked ahead of neil dariush in the ufc's rankings which is hilarious just just incredibly <laughs> tough road to go for our man Vinny d uh but i mean it'll be fine like i don't think it will matter that much either way uh in that regard because this is just one step. It, this won't open the floodgates for, okay, now that Justin Gaethje has lost and was is theoretically out of the top five, though he may still actually hold the top five spot, uh, now we can put all of the new young hot shit guys coming through. They can start moving up. It's It just is what it is. Until Dustin Poirier retires or actively leaves the weight class and Justin Gaethje does the same and Michael Chandler does the same, it's there's just going to be some blocks there that you can't get around because they are people of interest who are more interested in fighting either specifically title open fights for them or higher name value fights. And that's, that's not who Grant Dawson is. It's not who Armand Sarukian is. They aren't big name fighters. So I just don't think it makes a major difference. Uh, I will say that it's good. As I mentioned yesterday, I have spin zoned myself into being okay with the Gaethje loss because if Gaethje loses, then he can go fu- he can go on the Chris Lytle fun run and we can get Max Holloway. We can get Jorge Masvidal. We can get him versus it, uh, Drew Dober because he's never going to fight Drew Dober. But if he loses and he realizes, actually, I'm just never going to get a title fight again. Let's just have fun. Drew Dober, let's, uh, he's supposed to fight Matt Favola. Is that right? He's fighting somebody. Dober's fighting for Vola. He's fighting for Vola. Yeah. May 6th. Yeah. Yeah. We could just cancel that fight and just do Drew Dober versus Justin Gaethje because that's a banger. So it's it's totally okay if Gaethje loses this one. I think it is better for business short term and probably the same long term too uh, if he wins. But you could do a lot of fun things with Justin Gaethje once he's once he's liberated of this desire to be a unified undisputed champion. Or we could have both fights. It's it's like less than two months away, right? We can have both fights. He can fight for Vola, and if he wins, then he can fight Gaethje. I mean, sure, because he probably will beat for Vola. AK, Rafael Fazeev, a minus 240 favorite to beat Justin Gaethje tomorrow. Gaethje comes back at plus 200. Are you surprised by the odds? And give us your pick. I'm not too surprised. I think, I think <clears throat> pardon me. I think people are one looking at uh, how. Listen, Gaethje has been through some wars. He's thirty-four. Um, he's thirty-four, and that's a hard thirty-four. He's not. He's not a thirty-four like you or I, guys. City miles. He's got. He's got some uh, some road miles on there. Um, so I think that's how people look at it, and 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 they they you know, uh, Fazeev is 
I don't is he that much younger? He definitely has less mileage, right? But I don't know if he's that much younger oh, in human. That's, that's in human. extremely he's questionable. He's thirty. Yeah, questionable yeah. and less mileage. Man ex- has an extensive Muay Thai career, which uh, arguably is, is much lesson. Arguably, that is much harder on the body. That's a that's a pillow fight. That's a pillow fight compared to MMA. Come on, Muay Thai. No one yes, ever got hurt doing that's hurt doing Muay Thai. Yes, Muay Thai in Thailand is a yeah. pillow fight. Famous. You might as well you might as well be saying, "Oh, left way is really bad on the body." Like, come on now, left way. Left way is. <laughs> They always that's talk what, about how Bangla Stadium is just yeah. for the candy asses. That's just that's just uh, that's just gra- that's just grab ass. All right, that's touch button. That's touch button the park compared to MMA. No, I'm joking. Uh, I, but yeah, I, again, listen, uh, young, younger fighter, uh, a knockout threat. Gaethje gets hit a lot, you know. And I, I, if people, I guess, maybe doing a technical breakdown, they might be thinking like Baziv is a bit better technically. I mean, he shows a little more, I guess, diversity with his striking. I think Gaethje probably doesn't get enough credit for his technical skills. I think he's a great striker. He's not just this. I know he's not just a hammer, uh, you know, with an iron chin. So the odds make a lot of sense to me. I don't know if I agree with them. I, uh, well, to say where I'm leaning in in a bit, but two to one is a lot. Two to one is a lot. I, I wonder when the last time Gaethje was a two to one underdog to a fighter. Maybe against Charles Oliveira. Maybe Habib definitely. Habib, I'm Habib, sure. Habib for sure. Habib. And then before that, both title before except for the two title fights, or I guess the non-title fight with Charles. Um, except for the two title fights, I can't imagine he was a minus two hundred against probably maybe Poirier Alvarez. He's he faced some big names, but. He was a slightly less large of an underdog against Oliveira. Against mm-hmm. Habib, he was a slightly bigger dog. Yeah. This, again, this, this just tells me people ex- – and this is sort of a theme of, of this t- the top two fights for me. This this past – maybe a lot of this main card actually. Uh, the, the, the About the same as he was against Ferguson actually. Roughly oh, really? the same okay. as he was against Ferguson. He was almost a 2 makes sense. underdog to, to Tony Ferguson? Yeah, which makes sense. That was wow. Ferguson was had hadn't lost in ten years or whatever. Yeah. It was on a thirteen sure, fight sure. win streak, and so it makes sense. Yeah, and another title fight, another title fight. So he is not. So Justin Gaethje has not been favored in title. That's kind of very telling that he's getting the same odds he would be, he would be getting if he was in a high stakes title fight. Uh, 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 mine, uh, excuse me, plus odds, I should say. So that's kind of telling to me. Um, and again, I, I admit I, I am leaning in that direction as well. That. Uh, I don't know if I'm hoping to see the torch pass because I love Justin Gaethje. I hope he's healthy enough to fight for another, you know, five, six years and just keep giving us classics. But um, again, this is lightweight and uh, it's 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 tough to come to to stay relevant with uh, these dogs kind of and without without um, camping on a spot. And I think the kid the camping might be over. Again, he's taking on Rafael Fazeev, and uh, I understand why there's so much faith in in Fazeev. He's just he's looked he's looked incredible. Uh, so that's you know I, I have no I have no beef with how the oddsmakers saw this one. Now what's the official pick? Oh, uh, you want the pick now? Uh, I'm going I'm going I'm going Fazeev. I'm going Fazeev. I'm like I said, I'm with the odds. Two to one sounds a lot. Like I I'm, I don't have that kind of confidence. It's like it's like Jed says. If uh, sort of with the main event, if I were betting just in the fight, I would probably take the Justin Gaethje odds. He, I assume he's a you said he's a two to one underdog as well, right? Yes, it's close to that. Yeah. yeah. Close to that. Yeah. I would I would take the gate if I were betting, which I'm not on this particular fight. Uh, I would take the Gaethje odds, but if you're asking me who I'm picking to win, I I, I think Fizzy will win. Yeah, plus two hundred right now as it stands. Sure. Jed, Fizzy, your thoughts on the line? And oh, I was trying to say Fizzy by knockout. I will say I think Fizzy can finish him. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jed. Yeah, screw this decision talk. Your thoughts on the line, and uh, I'm sure you're happy to get a plus two hundo Justin Gaethje <laughs> price tag here. I mean, I'm betting it. I'm not feeling confident at all. I think the smart read on the fight is that Fazeev wins. 
um, and maybe even wins by KO. The concern is that Gaethje's chin is going. Um, he's been open about it. He said, when my chin goes, it's going to go quick. I don't have that many of these left. And I know that he has said that he hasn't had the wars that he was talking about, but we have eyeballs and we've seen him fight and he sure as shit has had those wars. So the fact that Charles Oliveira repeatedly hurt him, um, very early in that fight, it's concerning. Um, but I'm choosing to believe that he, it's not shot that, that the chin is still there because Gaethje has been hurt kind of a lot in his career in general, but it's the same way that um, Drickus Duplessis is gassed out, but still just kind of fights his ass off anyway. It's just Gaethje with being hurt. Like he's hurt, but he's still just going to keep going um, until his body totally abandons him or you choke him out because he's not going to choke him out. So, I don't. I think Justin Gaethje's body will hold up here. The question for me, tactically, uh, I think both guys are just gonna just kill the legs and the body. Uh, Gaethje's high shell defense opens up him to a ton of body shots. Fazeev's very good at those. Gaethje's great kicker, and Fazeev hasn't shown great defense of, of leg kicks. Uh, this is. I think we're about to get a Justin Gaethje fight. Like it is. I think this is gonna look the same as the other fights that he's had where it's just hammer and tongs baby until till one guy falls down and it's probably smart to pick Fazeev in that he's younger theoretically fresher uh the better technician uh, in the striking game but I refuse to pick against Justin Gaethje uh just because he's the most exciting fighter that's ever existed so it feels morally corrupt to to pick against him in a fight so i'm going to choose gaethje to win a fight of the year decision i know i'm calling it a decision which is insane with this fight but i think it's just going to be the same two dudes laying it all out there and chipping pieces of each other off until 15 minutes rings yeah these two dudes are going to beat the hell out of each other i'm excited to see a justin gaethje in the octagon who can actually breathe out of his nose because because when I spoke to him in October of last year, he said he's had nose issues since he was in college and had all those crazy fights really not being able to breathe through his nose, which is nuts. But he's got it all cleaned up. He might, be supercharged, up he might yeah. be supercharged now. He might be supercharged now. a mythical now. creature. It's it like in the too Fast much, and the uh, Furious, It might be too AK. much air, though. It might be too much air. No. no maybe no. maybe that it's was like, the key. Maybe the key was it was, it's it was al- not it's, AK, it's allergy season, so it all evens up. Yep. It's there'll be a exactly. little bit of stuffiness, but Thank not you, too Mike. much. You get it. Just the right yeah. amount. There we go. Oh, oh, I just, oh, so it'll bounce out. Okay. Do they have allergies I just feel in England? It, they have to. The pollen counts are out of control. I don't, I don't have I just, any idea what what pollen is like in England. You, so you travel with you live it, in so you sure. live in the south. There's a shitload of pollen where you are, Mike. It's so I grew much. Up there. My eyes are on fire. My eyes have been on yeah. fire for a month straight. But I just feel like. I feel like Fazeev is such a special talent and there aren't many that can hang with Gaethje in the type of fight that we're going to get, but Fazeev can. Plus he has a lot of tools that could give Justin problems and vice versa to say that Fazeev is immune to anything Justin Gaethje could do is just wrong. Um, So from a betting perspective, if I had to choose a side, like if I had the hypothetical 20 bucks, I'm taking Justin Gaethje at plus 200. You just, it's so hard to ignore, but my official pick this fight exceeds expectations. We do get a classic, and Fazib catches Gaethje with something nasty to the body before he puts him away in the third round. 
This will be a stock oh, riser yeah. still for both guys, but it's going to be a nice big stock riser for Fazeev. I'm going with the favorite to get it done. And like Jed said, a probable fight of the year. It's going to be on the list when it's all said and done. Y'all, y'all are just predicting Trevor Whitman to have a real crappy trip to England, eh? Yep. Just it no love for Trevor Whitman this Slump weekend. Okay. Come back, Rose. Come back, Rose. <laughs> Save this. No, I, th- I, I think eventually Fazeev's just going to get him in the body. Like, he's just going to get him with something nasty, like late in the fight. Even a fight that Gaethje's pretty winning get, at the time. We're going to get a Scott Smith. Scott Smith gets hurt to the body, crumbles up, and Justin Gaethje just unloads a right hand from hell <laughs> and sends, <laughs> sends Fazeev into the afterlife. Yeah, I might retire. If, if that happens, I might actually yeah, if retire that, if that happens. If that but happens, we peaked, yeah, you, we've done it. You win the, the sport's picks. over now. You win the picks. Uh, before We'll take a couple questions at the end, but AK, one other fight. Name one. One f- other fight you are the most excited about outside the main and co- and co- main event, and why? Well, I, I don't know if there is another one because uh, sorry, I did I did another poll. <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm doing I'm doing. You don't know this. I'm doing polls all the time when you're not looking. Uh, and I asked, uh, what what fight are you most excited about? And I kind of just I isolated the top two because listen, I, I put the top two against the field: Edwards Usman three or Gaethje Fazeev. Other leave a comment. So I actually gave you know there's a lot of room there in other uh, other one percent. So I clearly did not forget uh, some of other standout fight. Uh, Edwards Usman still leading the pack. So forget what I said. Forget what I said about Gaethje Fazeev uh, being the clear cut, like this is the must-see fight of the card. Uh, Edwards Usman, 54%. Gaethje Fazeev, 44%. So pretty pretty decent advantage for the main event. Good. Listen, respectful storyline, titles in line. I understand. I will be most excited for Gaethje Fazeev, but... I'm, I'm a weirdo like that. Uh, one other fight on the card. I got to stick with main card because I am super intrigued by the Marvin Vittori, Roman Delice fight. Um, Delice, I keep picking against this guy. He keeps winning fights. I'll, I'm, I'll probably pick him against him again. I, I think Vittori is a little too sturdy for him to pull off some of the things that um, Delice has been pulling off against some other fighters. But I didn't think he'd, he'd beat Jack Hermanson the way he did. Um, so... If he if he's able to uh, finish or pull out a convincing win over Marvin Vittori, man, I don't know. The sky's the limit for this guy because he's super talented. He was he was doing the thing in 2022. You know, he's just taking tough fights. He's just jumping at opportunities. Uh, and and this is his reward, man. This is his reward. A a, a, a title, former titles challenger, a win that this gets uh, Delisa into the top ten in our rankings. I think he's number fourteen. So he can take Vittori's spot with a win here. I, I don't think he can do it. But again, he's proven me wrong over and over and over and over again recently. So that to me is, um, there's some good, listen, there's some good prelim fights, but I really, I'm going to be keyed in as soon as the main card starts. Jed, what's yours? Well, just to speak on AK's point, uh, I'm fairly confident Marvin Vittori can't, be stopped with a shotgun so i have a lot of doubts that roman delize can do it with just his his arms and legs uh that'll be incredibly impressive if he pulls it off but uh marvin vittori that is that man is is just a square just a, an <laughs> impenetrable square of a human being uh uh I talked about it yesterday on BTL, Mike, and I'm I've I'm sold. Give me Sam Patterson versus Yano Ashmov. Uh, I know that nobody is that's nobody's fight that they're most interested in, but it's a relatively weak prelim card. Um, and 
What did I say two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, we were talking about the fight. Do you remember what I said? It was all about Jalen Turner and how Jalen Turner has physical gifts that other men don't. And he's a 6'3 lightweight. He was like the second tallest dude on that card. Well, guess what? We found another 6'3 lightweight for him. Sam Patterson is enormous. When we were doing No Bets Bar this week, uh, our, guest, our, our guest Alex Richings came on. He's UK-based with MMA on point, And he was like, you guys got to check this guy out. A lot of hype around Sam Patterson is the next big thing coming out of England. Uh, really interested to see how he does in his debut. And you sold me. We, we have now given me a guy who, if he can put together some wins and get and follow up on the promise, we can have him versus Jalen Turner, a middleweight fight being contested at 155 <laughs> pounds. And who isn't interested in watching that? I for sure am. So Sam Patterson, let's go. Incredible. Uh, very much looking forward to Casey O'Neill's return. I have been extremely high on her. I feel like she's been forgotten in a lot of this lightweight discussion. And she gets the toughest fight of her career against Jennifer Maya. We'll see how she does. And I'll throw one more out there. Lerone Murphy, Gabriel Santos. Good grief. That's going to be a good fight. That is a good fight. Very excited for that one. I feel like Gabe Santos, because he's coming in on short notice and – all of that kind of being overlooked here. The betting odds are pretty tight, but it's going to be a good fight. Gabe Santos is going to give Lerone Murphy hell. Uh, I'm picking Lerone, but it's going to be a competitive fight. I'm very much looking forward to that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, we'll take a couple questions. Let's bring in the baddest stash in MMA, E. Casey Lydon. There he is. Hello. Hello, sir. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Wow, just I'm right, still, reco- a, I'm still, re- I'm still recovering here. from that uh, Jed Mishu, uh Colby Covington um, uh, rant. Evisceration. Evisceration. <laughs> I'm not even nope. trying to be mean to Colby. I say no, this shit aren't. all the time about Stipe, too. Fight somebody from this decade, please. I don't think that's a huge ask. I really don't. Um, I want to kind of go back to that real quick with Mr. Bozo. Oops, let me blow this up. Was Colby back a fighter kept quiet because Dana didn't want to spin any narratives justify it. So uh, we got proof in our Slack channel that Jose was in front of Dana White, so we'll probably get the answer to that question. True or false, Jed? Dana's answer is going to be something to the effect of, if you needed to know, I would have told you, kind of a thing. It's probably pretty true. I have no idea why they kept it quiet, so it's hard for me to even speculate. My guess is be like, my guess is he will blow the question off almost entirely. Of we needed one, he's the guy. He just fought for the title, had a good fight with Usman, felt it was good. Next question. 
Yeah, he won't. Yeah, yeah he won't really justify it other than what the real justification is is he just sells. Kobe still sells. I mean, look look at the. I, I was looking at the numbers. I think Kobe weighing in completely blew away any other kind of stats for the weigh-ins. A guy that's not even yep. fighting. It was just we. It felt very pro wrestling to me in the sense like you know like like oh. This new like they play they play his music and someone just walks out all of a sudden. I was like I, I was just kind of shocked. Like how can this be a real sport at the highest level where we're just gonna announce oh this guy's gonna fight in case Leon trips on a cable? It's just very weird. And one thing I don't quite understand too about the whole backup fighter, like no one's contractually obligated to fight Colby, right? I. My assumption is that they are not, but also the UFC oh, can do really whatever cool. the hell they want to do with their belts. So if you refuse to fight him, they can take the belt from you. Yeah, it's just so. It's, it's just a weird. It's, it's uh, I don't I don't like this trend. <laughs> it's bad. Um, here we go. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. I just want to say what the last question though is that uh, uh, Dana White uh, ju- like justifying things to the media is so low on Dana White's list of priorities. I, I don't even know if it's on the list, to be honest with you. So it's uh, the, it's the, the, the fundamental uh, part of the question is flawed to me because he doesn't give a rat's well, ass if we, if we like. He'll pick <laughs> and choose the media that he wants to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, certain that, members of the media, sure. But uh, yeah. he doesn't care. He doesn't care if, we, if, he, if they announced it in that week and the criticism. He doesn't care about that stuff. He's not going to justify it to the New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> Or the Las Vegas Review Journal. Yeah. Uh, who's the underdog upset win of the week? Uh, I think. Uh, so I picked Leon. AK picked Leon. So that's pretty. That's a two to one underdog right there. Uh, any. I Jad, picked I mean, Gaethje. You're... Also a two to one. <laughs> it's there. You go. I don't feel. I don't feel pick. great about any of these <laughs> underdogs. Like I've got the bet on Gaethje, but I don't feel confident in it. Is there a betting line to you that is just way too wide that you look at and just like, oh, this is this is way too wide right now. This should not be the case. It wouldn't totally shock me if Jafal Filio pulled out a win over Muhammad Makayev. Like Makayev's just really, really young and he has shown limitations. Um, even though we're obviously all super high on him. Sometimes you just have setbacks and it wouldn't stun me. So Minus 850 for him is still a lot, but I don't know, man. I don't feel wildly confident about any underdog on this card. Makayev did have to bring out the uh, box of redemption for he the weigh-ins. Correct. So um, maybe, you know, the weight cut is getting just harder and harder, you know, as he's getting a little older. So those things could could play. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm certainly not picking against Makayev, but it, it, he is getting sort of like Bellator prelim odds, which is crazy for a guy who's, what, 21 years old? He's 21 years old. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, 22, excuse me, he uh, turned 22 last July. Um, I do feel like any time you're giving even a mega prospect, this guy who, again, has the kind of fighting style that, you know, he, you know, a, a wrestling base that is a very good uh, way to avoid risk, you know, getting getting – fluke taking a fluke loss i don't struggle with my words here i don't know why uh i understand i understand why he's such a heavy favorite why his opponents such massive underdogs but boy it's for a 22 year old guy to be getting again uh minus 850 as jed mentioned or, or plus 600 underdog for his opponent and you feel like at some point something's got to give 
I'll go to answer the question. We were just talking about Sam Patterson. He's uh, his opponent is plus two thirty five. I guess that's not crazy. That's not crazy. He's a minus two eighty favorite, which I said is like almost three to one to me. Sounds like a lot for a guy making UC debut, but. So I, I would lean more towards that direction. These things are just so unpredictable. But uh, listen, you guys talk to a guy who knows more about Sam Patterson than I do. So uh, maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't question it. But that, that one sticks out to me a little bit. Uh, my big underdog upset would be uh, Jennifer Maya. Uh, this is a giant jump mm. up in competition for Casey O'Neill coming off how long she's been out for. Over a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Over a year. Yeah. And no, she's coming off. Uh, and that was just a, her last one was a, that split decision over Roxanne. Uh, I think on her retirement fight, maybe. Um, so yeah, just a big jump up in ca- big jump up in competition for Casey O'Neill. And I mean, and look who Jennifer Maya's lost to. She's only lost to basically top five fighters: Liz Carmouche, Caitlin Shakagian, Valentina, and Mano Manon Faro. So uh, we're gonna see if Casey O'Neill is in that category. I'm not sure. I am picking Casey O'Neill, but wouldn't be shocked if Maya wins. And Maya's a big underdog too. Yeah, I will say. No, well, I, so she's not a big underdog. She's no, it's funny. So it's not too bad. Odds wise, I actually thought this odd. line. I actually thought this line was going to yeah. be wider. I thought Casey was going to be a bigger favorite than this. However, I will what say. Is, uh, sorry, she, she's only a she's plus, plus one forty underdog. Oh wow. Okay, no, I, I, I was going by topology picks, and like seventy five percent of people are picking Casey O'Neill. Uh, right now it's eighty percent. Oh, sorry, eighty percent, eighty percent. So I was like, geez, on top on top So very different. Yeah, very different uh, from the from the. But again, you know, topology is. I don't, I don't want to say more educated necessarily, but I, I consider it to be a, a little more of a hardcore crowd. I think if you sign up mm-hmm. for topology account, you know, you're a little more hardcore. So uh, it's not always going to reflect the betting odds. The, the betting odds are to appeal to a different uh, set of group of people. Um, and again, I'm not saying one is more right than the other. Like I think it's. I think plus one forty is more accurate. But again, like I said, topology. Uh, 80 percent four to one four to one so that's essentially translates to four to one uh maya favorite that's uh pretty oh sorry excuse me um casey favorite my underdog but so that's pretty surprising all right uh also i don't think jai herbert's a bad underdog look either what's he at right now he's plus, plus 165 165 what do you think is anyone picking um delice no uh, I'm not almost picking for the him, same I mean, reason. Almost for the same reasons that Jed said. Like I think for Delize to win, he's going to have to put Marvin away, and I just don't know if anybody can put Marvin away. Hard to kill. Honestly, one of my more confident picks in the, on this card is Marvin. Amir Khani. Amir Khani plus four hundred. I know. I know. We're all saying if it goes past the first round, Amir Khani's toast. But this is a new weight class for Jack Shore. We don't know what we're going to see. Uh, Jack Shore's really you, good. Though, so. You 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 answered your own question. Don't bet on MMA. <laughs> Let me just let, again. Let me. Don't bet on Mach One on your Connie for sure. Don't bet on MMA. All right, listen. That's what I should always be telling people. I can't read the lines that far. This is very handsome, dude. But undeniable. But Jed, you had a be a point in a fight where you will be like, I can't believe I put money on Mach One on your Connie, and you should always try to avoid those sad moments in life. But that fight could could be a good one for live betting, right? You made a good point on yes. Smart about this. Love oh. live betting against Makwan Amir Khani is a great business model. You <laughs> just see what the line is after the first round, and you bet on the other guy because Makwan is done. He has nothing left to offer. He gave you good a good four and a half minutes. That'll be the end of his day. <laughs> 
sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this question up because it seemed ridiculous when I read it, but then, but it actually kind of makes sense. I don't like where this is going. Is Lisa getting a title shot if he wins? Who's beat Vittori? Uh, but look who beats Vittori. Guys who get title shots. If Adesanya wins, maybe. But if if Pereira well, wins, Bobby Knuckles is getting a title. Well, maybe shot. not. Maybe not like directly next. But like if if Delize wins somehow, yes, is he really within like basically he's the number one contender? He'll fight. He'll fight a Whitaker. He's a win away. Win away. I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, that's why. That's why I was more thinking like, wow, like yeah, Delize, like this is such a. A big fight for him. Like he can, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I never thought of him have, truly as being a a championship contender, but he's one. Yeah, one and, and, and it's, it's like it's almost like, a contender fight. Yeah, like but, if he wins, he might get to be the backup fighter for uh, Pereira Robert Whitaker sure. matchup. Like that's he he will need one more, but you could theoretically slot him in if things broke really well for him. Though I think Drickus Duplessis probably is. Uh, a bigger star or whatever, so I might have the inside track on him there. Yeah, and and it's like we always say when guys get themselves in this position, it's important just to be on the short list, right? Like just because you never know what can happen. And people get injured all the time. People, you know, people. Uh, uh, oh, I, I had to get a surgery. I, not even like an injury withdrawal, but I had to get a surgery. I can't fight until October. I can't fight until November. And Roman Delice has been fighting very actively. Um, so I kind of like raised my eyebrows the question at first. Yeah, and then I'm like, listen. Once you make that shortlist, you just want to be in the conversation. And stranger things have happened, and people get title shots in these circumstances all the time. So I, I, I don't think it guarantees anything, but yeah, it's nice to be in that top five, top six of the matchmakers charts when they're trying to figure out who to match up. Um, you, you're in there, so yeah, it's it is surprising the, the, the rise that he's made. Look yeah, at I Jamal just, Hill this time last year. There we go. He he just beat Johnny yep. Walker and was still like four wins away from a title shot. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then a bunch of crazy shit happened, and now he's the champion. <laughs> he's like, the UFC <laughs> champion, right? You, yeah. You, you just got to be on the list. You just got to be on the list. And this this a win puts Roman Delice on the list. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. When I saw this question, I was like, "What?" And then, then I kind of thought about. It, I was like, "Oh man, you know what?" <laughs> I think I think yeah. DDP's rooting. I think DDP's rooting for Roman Delize. I think that's a that could headline a, a, like yeah, a fight that's, night. That's a contender. Sure. That's the number one contender fight leading a fight night card in August. Yeah, and if Roman doesn't win this fight, I mean, who knows who DDP fights next? He could the could loser of Pajada Adesanya. Maybe that's Maybe. who he needs or to they, fight. I just want to see it. I don't care about want, anything yeah. else. I want to see that man recklessly dive onto Alex Banner's punches. It would be incredible. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is beautiful. It, would it not be the most fun fight imaginable, him versus Banner? Hey, has that, has that fan asked at the presser, fighting is, is fighting beautiful? <laughs> that fight is. That fight is for sure beautiful. I don't know if it would be um, beautiful, but it would be really fun. <laughs> same it's hilarious same, same uh, all right is that is the window pane mean we're done uh you know what we, we can take we, one more if there's one more because we because we, we didn't even, we barely mentioned his name so let's talk about him well gunner nelson fight again this year after tomorrow the dude is so inconsistent uh, I, I don't have a crystal ball, so pretty much impossible to tell. Uh, a fair question to ask, certainly. Um, and it is nice that he's getting one in in the first quarter, you know, which should. I'm trying to see. Let's see how this is. 
So he uh, fought in fought the first March quarter of last year. Of yeah, la- almost a year he ago. A, a day apart. <laughs> and if you had asked me then, last year. if you had asked me then, is he going to fight again? I, I probably would have said yes. I said I would have said like, yeah, he's bad. And that was his first fight in over uh, over like two and a half in like two and a half years. So there was a big break before that, and I would have totally believed he would have fought at least twice oh. in 2022. I'm not sure what happened. I don't think he was he was booked. He was oh no, he wasn't booked. He wasn't booked. Okay, so not even sure what happened there. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, listen, Prince of Positivity. You know what, uh, uh, Brandon, who asked this question? You're damn right Gunnar Nelson's going to fight again. Win or lose, you're going to see Gunnar Nelson back in the cage. I would have been totally wrong if I had said that last year, uh, but I'm sticking with it. I got to be right eventually. Man, I didn't even look at this for the for No Bets Barred, but he fought Alan Jabon on March 18th of 2017. Leon Edwards, March 16th of 2019, and Takashi Sato, March 19th of 2022. The man is, this is his weekend. This is the Gunnar Nelson <laughs> he loves week. Saint, we, he loves, loves the Ides again. of March or St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Or, 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 the end, or the end or the or end of March or, break. Or, or Stone Cold week. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stone, there's, there's nothing like capping off March break with a Gunnar Nelson fight. That is what they say. That's that is what they say. A, hey, two and one, and that one loss was a, a splitty to Leon Edwards, so... It's working out for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, if, I, uh, beware, beware the Gunner Nelson in mid-March. <laughs> if this fight, if this fight gets uh if this fight is less than two rounds, I will say yes. If it hits round three, that means Brian Barberina is just being a freaking dog and he's putting some oh. boots to to, to oh, Gunny. Oh, oh, and oh, so, oh so. you you think that? And I, no, I think it, no, no, no. I think it I means think if this hits end. round three, Brian Barberina is just being backpacked for 12 minutes. Maybe, but Gunner, I think I don't think this fight gets. I don't think this fight's going to get out of the first round. It's not going to get out of the first seven minutes. I think Gunny's eventually going to tap him. But Brian's tough as hell, and but that means, it, yeah. If if Gunny if Gunny finishes him within two rounds, yes, we'll see him again. But if he has to work again in the third round, then I'll say no. Quick finish, yes. Decision, no. I honestly forgot what he looked like when he came at the, when he walked into the weigh-ins. I was like, it's like, I, like it's been that long. I was like, but yeah, cool. Gunny's back. All right, I think we're good. Gentlemen. Well, you can hit the music. You can hit the music. Uh, a busy day is upon us. Tomorrow, twelve fifteen p.m. Eastern time, People's Pre-Fight Show. Don't forget early start times for all of this stuff. So twelve fifteen, lunchtime, People's Pre-Fight Show lead you right into the first punches of UFC 286 and then at 4.45 p.m. Eastern watch party time myself and GC will be live in the MMA Hour studio watching the fights with you guys Shaheen Alshadi will join us New York Rick will join us perhaps a surprise or two will also join us there's your tease but that's all I can say right now Uh, and then post fight show press conference on to the next one on Sunday with myself and my best friend over there and Jose is in London right now. So all of your post-fight scrums, interviews, so forth and so on. We have you covered, so stick with us at MMAfighting.com. For AK, for Casey, for Jed Bashu, I am Mike Heck. Get some rest, everybody. Have a great St. Paddy's Day, and do so responsibly. All right? We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Love y'all. Oh, wrong one. Ah! <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.